Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. For those of you who like old-time rock and roll, you might remember Bob Seger's song in the late 1970s, Feel Like a Number. Uh, Today, and even back then, I think we all sometimes feel like a number. You know, a number somewhere in a, a computer database and not a person with feelings, beliefs, goals, and even, yes, sports betting aspirations. Hello again. I'm Paul Stone. This is episode 83 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, which is titled Feel Like a Number uh, with a slight twist on the song's original meaning, this week's podcast will center on a familiar theme here on this podcast and other similar podcasts, hopefully, always striving to get the best of the number or the price and refusing, refusing, if I can say the word, if you showed up late to the party, to take the worst of it. So always striving to get the best of the number, refusing to take the worst of it, that's what we're trying to do as sports betters. Going to get right into it. And, and saw somebody uh, pitching, might have been earlier this week. I can't remember when this game was played, but it was a college basketball game. Uh, indicated they were taking Army on the money line at minus 120. The cadets in that same game were available at minus one, at minus 108 juice. You know, this person wasn't a total newbie to the arena, you know, either. He's been in this racket for some appreciable period of time. And I'm not saying this is the worst bet I've ever seen. uh, And I'm not prepared even to provide uh, the math that demonstrates how often Army would have to win by exactly one point to create a break-even strategy on this type of betting approach. This is just my gut instinct, and I threw it by a couple of my buddies to see what they thought. But my gut instinct and years of experience tell me that this is not a proper long-term approach. But I'm not a prideful person, you know. I, I've been I've been wrong before, uh, so perhaps I'm missing the boat on this one. Uh, it wouldn't be the first boat uh, that I've missed on this adventure, uh, no question about that. I think what it does, though, in my mind, I think it absolutely underscores a larger problem with some betters, probably many betters, and many of these betters are novices. Some of them are not. But some people lose track of the point spread slash juice relationship and seem to regularly buy a half point or even a full point as a matter of their betting practice. That's just how they roll. You know, that's just how they operate in this here betting business. 
you know, I see betters regularly purporting to be laying numbers nowhere near zero. They're betting, I mean, they're, they're laying or taking like eight, you know, 10 points, 11, sometimes even higher. And they're indicating they laid minus 120 juice. You know, I certainly, again, don't consider myself to be an expert in this area. But, folks, there's too much variance in college sports, especially college football and basketball competitions, for this to be a viable winning long-term approach. Generally, you know, generally speaking, as far as buying a, up uh, to, to a better number or down to a number if you're taking the favorite, you know, generally speaking in college hoops, you know, I couldn't quarrel off the top of my head a whole lot if someone occasionally did this uh, on games in college hoops in, in the two to three point range. Uh, in college football, you know, I could see may, maybe doing it around the key numbers of three and seven, you know, perhaps four and six. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't go above, you know, seven and a half, uh, laying at increased juice, you know, up to seven and a half, taking the dog in that instance. You know, also, I would say this with so many options now available to betters, especially in legalized states, you don't have to pay this increased juice of up to minus 120 or gas minus 125 in most cases. Uh, and I understand in the NFL, this is more prevalent when you're talking about three uh, than it is in college. You're not going to be paying one and a quarter a whole lot. But there are some books, my point being, some books incrementally increase the juice so that you can sometimes get to or beyond that key number by only laying minus 114 or minus 116. And, and also uh, another component of this is you would be better off rather than laying increased juice to get a half a point long-term, I think you'd be better off finding those shops that are available where you can lay, you can take the number that's available predominantly market-wide, say, you know, a team, Team A is is minus three market-wide. If you can find it at minus 108 instead of the standard minus 110, you know, I think that's better than, buying that half a point and laying that substantially higher juice. I think the mentality of the better who customarily pays higher juice is that they feel they're providing themselves with a layer of protection against losing their bet. You know, sure, they're, they're going to lose some of these heavily juiced bets, but I believe that they're mostly playing betting defense. They're playing not to lose. You know, at 110 juice, minus 110 juice, I think it's widely known that the break-even point on straight bets at minus 110 is 52.38%. If, however, you're laying minus 120 on straight bets, that percentage increases to 54.55%. It sounds negligible to the untrained eye, the difference between 5238 and 54.55, but posturing oneself to be a long-term winner is merely a case, in my opinion, of compiling a series of incremental advantages that collectively add up and ultimately spell the difference between long-term winning and something other than long-term winning. You know, people sometimes ask me, you know, what, Paul, what, what does it take to be a long-term winner. 
First of all, you know, I'll say that you ask five guys or girls and you'll get five different answers, but there should be at least some common threads. One, and probably most critical, what we're talking about here today, you have to get the best of the number long term. And for me, that not only means versus the closing number, but optimally getting the best number that was ever available. You know, that doesn't happen all the time or probably even most of the time, but that has to be the goal. In bowl games uh, still to be played this bowl season, I've got a ticket on Air Force uh, plus seven over Baylor in a game that's actually going to be played tonight, Thursday, December 22nd. And then I've got a ticket on Washington, the Washington Huskies plus seven over Texas in a game set a week from today on Thursday, December 29th. Uh, both, of those, both of those bets were made at Circa uh, in downtown Vegas uh, on Monday, December 5th. I believe those are the best prices ever available on those teams market-wide, uh, at least to this point. You know, that absolutely, first of all, I'll acknowledge, and some people will throw this back at you, but I'll acknowledge that absolutely does not mean that I'm going to win both bets. You know, in fact, obviously the most likely scenario for those two bets, or any two bets that most bettors make, is going to be a split. But I have unequivocally, without question, increased my chances of winning those side wagers by having the very best of the number. When someone asks me, you know, what my lock is, what, what, what's your surest thing this week, Paul, give me that one winner. I tell them I've been doing this for a long time, and I've got, you know, a few skins on the wall. I've been fortunate. But still, even my best bet of the year might only have a 57 to 58% chance of winning, maybe slightly higher if I'm honest, you know, but no higher than that. There's still a 40%, 42, 43% chance that the bet's going to lose. So one, uh, and and again, uh, we'll keep uh, reiterating this, you have to more often than not end up with the best of the number. There's just no question about it. You can't just pick winners. You know, that's undebatable. So one, you got to have the best of the number. Now into two, you've got to specialize and immerse yourself in the endless pursuit of knowledge relating to those two or three sports in which you specialize. Three, you've got to have multiple shops, you know, multiple places to bet that offer unique numbers. If you got, let's say you're the guy that's got just one book and you wake up at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning, pull out the sports page, pull it out of the daily rag, read a couple of articles, uh, and think you're going to consistently win betting uh, that close to post on game day using that approach. You're late to the party if you're betting on game day. If you're doing your research uh, in the final hour, you're late to the party, and betting that close to post, you have dramatically narrowed your window of opportunity in your quest to get the best available number. Yeah, I'm going to look at a game uh, this past week on the first day of the bowl season, I believe on Friday, December 16th, Texas, San Antonio, and Troy. Uh, this game uh, opened around pick uh stayed around there until game day when Texas Antonio was actually favored by three points. 
uh, pretty much market wide. So I'm going to say on one hand, uh, using this game kind of as an illustration, on one hand, it's certainly optimal to get the best of the number. You certainly, again, won't always end up with the best number that was ever available in the marketplace. But hopefully, you'll beat the close more often than not. So if it's optimal to regularly get the best of the number, it's absolutely a must to never take the worst of it. And that being outside of last-minute injury news that, that sways the number or some similar type information. And again, a case in point, last week's Cure Bowl featuring Troy and Texas San Antonio. Again, that line opened at pick at Circa uh, on Monday, December uh, 5th. Stayed close to zero in the 11 days uh, leading up to the game for the most part. Personally, I actually took Texas San Antonio plus one and a half in one of the Las Vegas uh, contests. Didn't bet it, but I took the Roadrunners in uh, the Golden Nuggets combo college football NFL contest. Uh, one of the reasons, because there was not too many college games on the contest sheet last week. And another reason, you know, I, I sort of like the Roadrunners catching points. On game day again, however, Friday, December 16th, Texas San Antonio started taking money. The Roadrunners bet up to minus three. Folks, I often talk about taking numbers and not teams, and I think that's a concept that many bettors struggle with. And this game was a, a classic example of taking a number and not a team. Again, this game, in my analysis of it, other people I talked to that I respect, this game was a pick, minus one either way, game, any way you slice it. And now betters have the opportunity to grab one of the teams in this game at plus three, not due to a key player opting out or, again, some similar piece of information, but simply due to the fact that the books were getting one-sided action in a virtual standalone game and needed to adjust the number upward on that side. So I elected to take a number and not a team. I took Troy plus three, uh, pretty close to the start of the game. Certainly not one of my premium plays, not one of my larger plays, but took a number. The number was too attractive to pass up. Some bettors obviously took Texas San Antonio on game day at minus three. Folks, Roadrunners available again a couple of days earlier as a small dog at many stores. You cannot win long-term taking tickets like Texas San Antonio minus three. If the Roadrunners, if they would have won this game 45 to 14, you still cannot win long-term making those kind of bets. As sports bettors, it's critical to get your mindset, you know, shifted if it's not already there in that direction. You got to get the best of the number more often than not. You always want to be process-oriented and not results-oriented because the results, folks, they can sometimes lull us into a false sense of sports betting security. You know, chest-pounding male or female bravado that we're a bad man or woman and have this stuff all figured out. As fate would have it in this individual game, Troy won the game outright. Uh, 20 to 12, uh, they won the game despite only gaining 
153 total yards. Uh, the Trojans were outgained by more than a two to one margin uh, by the Roadrunners. Uh, but Troy gets the victory uh, largely due to five turnovers by UTSA and more than a hundred yards in penalties by the Roadrunners. Again, even if Texas San Antonio would have won and covered, UTSA was a bad bet because it was bet at a bad number. In fact, the worst number ever available in the marketplace. So I'm going to give you a quick uh, complimentary selection here and uh, not going to give you a whole lot of uh, description. It's pretty much going to speak on its own, but we've got a bowl game coming up this Saturday, December 24th in two days from when I'm recording going to be over in Hawaii between San Diego State and Middle Tennessee State. Aztecs, historically known for their strong defense, pretty much a pedestrian offense for the most part uh, in recent years. Aztecs defense this year, maybe not one of their very best units, uh, but still San Diego State, more of a defensive team than an offensive team. Uh, this total, this is where we're going to look. The total currently lined at 49 Looking at uh, San Diego State in games with totals of 48 or higher uh, over the last, I think it's over the last three seasons, but anyway, it's over a sample size of 24 totals. When the total is 48 or higher in San Diego State games, that total has gone under 20 times and gone over four times. So San Diego State games, 20 and four to the under in the last 24 games when the total is lined at 48 or higher. On Saturday, take San Diego State and Middle Tennessee to remain under the posted total of 49. So that does it uh, for episode 83 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Uh, wishing everyone, of course, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, wherever your holiday travels uh, may take you, drive safely uh, if you drive, cherish the moments, and may all, or at least most, of your tickets be winners. Signing off once again, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.